Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. How you doing, church? Wow, you came in at the right time, a brand new series. Are you satisfied? If you can't have fun in church, what are you doing here? Come on, I always tell our leadership, we will reach every available person by every available means, even if it means playing the Rolling Stones, because guess what? You know the one that rolled the stone away. You know the cornerstone, and his name is Jesus. Come on. Oh, man. Awesome. Before we get into all this, I just want to welcome you guys in-house for taking the time to show up, start your week off, invest. Some of you have traveled the distance. Micah and Laura Lee, good friends of ours. I, I, I Sorry, I'm calling you out, but we are blessed to have you here today. And uh, there's a couple of people I want to call out today. One, we are a church that celebrates, right? Remember when I said that? We do less complaining, more celebrating. One of the things that we can celebrate is we could celebrate Coach Delton and Coach Cat. It's their two-year anniversary today. Come on. So if you're wondering who are those guys, they're the ones that take care of our kids. So when you go back there, you'll see Cat at the when you checked in your kids this morning. Just wish them a happy anniversary for them. You know, we got an amazing kids team. I don't know if you've noticed, but you guys keep having babies. So good job. Uh, it's a sign of a healthy church. It's more and more kids running around. I love it. Hey, I did my part. I did my five. Come on, catch up. Let's do this together. We're doing this together. Also, I don't know if the camera can stay on me. Also, um, I'd like to celebrate on the base, my, on my right, your left, Dell and Krista just got engaged. Where's Krista? Where's Chris? Oh, she's behind the camera. Where, where'd he go? And where's Dell? Dell disappeared. Where are you, Dell? Oh, he's, he's going to be coming around. But anyway, he was back there. But be sure to uh, celebrate them today. All right. Are you satisfied? Somebody else? Do I need to celebrate you? We'll just celebrate the fact you're here. Come on. There you go. Celebrate the fact that this message is going around the world. Uh, last week we had someone in Europe watching us, Indonesia. Uh, Indonesia, let's say hi to you guys. Rwanda, Africa, East Coast, West Coast, you name it. Look at that. We, our church is a lot bigger than you think, and hopefully someday you'll get to travel with me around the world and go meet some of those people. But in the meantime, let's give them a big round of applause for joining in today. Awesome. Right on. Are you satisfied? If, you, if you're just coming in for the first time to College Street, we're so excited that you're here. You know, um, I think our name is so appropriate, College Street, because I think that we are all here, or if you're not here, you now are here to know this. We are here to learn. We are here to equip. We are here to advance, and we are here to deploy. And if you're really tracking with me, what does that spell? We are, <laughs> yes, it spells Jesus. No, it spells lead. <laughs> but yeah, everything, come on, everything points to him, right? Who are we leading people to in the first place, right, Kayla? Jesus. She's going to preach with me today. I hope you preach with me today, too. So, are you satisfied? Spoiler alert, today's message is going to be, are you satisfied with your job? Are you satisfied with your career? Maybe you are. Maybe it could be better. We know it could always be better. Could it not be better? Okay. But I want you to do me a favor, and if you can answer this to me by the end of the service, 
let's see, who can I pick on? Gary, tell me who you are without telling me what you do. You don't have to answer that right now, but let's talk after, but that's for everybody, okay? Tell me who you are, Larry, without telling me what you do. Sean, tell me who you are without telling me what you, oh, they're all going like, oh, man, don't worry. You got till the end of the message and then we'll talk. So, <laughs> you know, I struggled with titles. I've struggled with entitlement. Um, I struggle with when people put labels either on themselves or on others because what you do isn't who you are. There's more to you. And sometimes we limit even God in what he wants to do in our life because of the label that we place on ourselves or we place on others. But I believe that you were created for more. You were created for more than just this. God created you just not just to do more, experience more, but to become more. Do you believe me? All right, half of you do. That's good. And I've, I've always shared with my friends and people that I work with that I believe that I could almost do anything. I say almost anything because, well, actually, let's rephrase that. Where does it say here? <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If I've, if I've got the right people, if I'm with the right people, if I've got the right group of people, people make all the difference, don't they? If you got the right people in your corner, you get to work with the right people, it definitely makes it a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable. If you got a lot of people around you that, that are telling you what you can't do or what you shouldn't do, or always pointing out to the limits in your life versus the limitations of our Lord and Savior, that makes a difference. If you got somebody that's always building you up and encouraging you, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, as you are already doing, Amy, build each other up, encourage one another. That makes a big difference in our output. Our input always affects our output. And that also involves who we let in. Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart for everything flows from it. You still with me this morning? Okay, I'm going way off script, way off my notes. But I'm a firm believer that everything rises and falls on relationship. You thought I was going to quote John Maxwell, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, leadership's a big part, but you can't have leadership without relationship because leadership is influence. Everything rises and falls on relationship. So that includes also the relationships that we're intentional with in the workplace, with our jobs and our, our career. You know, what we do has a big part to play, but who we are has a lot to do with who we surround ourselves with and who we invest in. Satisfaction. Satisfaction. The fulfillment of one's wishes, expectations, or needs, or pleasure. That's the world's definition, by the way. In law, it is the payment of debt fulfilled of an obligation or a claim. Something that was owed, owed to you. An injustice or a wrong satisfaction I found this study a recent study done in 2022 huh? and in this study it shows job satisfaction statistics that reveal some of the most satisfying jobs and you're going to think I made this up but include clergy <laughs> chiropractor chief executive nurse 
and some of the not so satisfying jobs. But again, please don't label yourself because of statistic. You are more than a statistic. Okay? You are more than a number. But in the study, they found that some of the least satisfying are roofers, waiters, bartenders, and cashiers have a lower satisfaction what they do. In North America, 65% of employees say they're satisfied with their jobs, yet only 20% of them are passionate about it. 61% of people believe their best days are behind them. 60% of employees believe that their coworkers are the biggest contributor to being happy at work. Companies with high satisfa- satisfied employees outperform the ones that aren't satisfied by 202%. Makes sense. Only 45% of the generation why millennials are completely satisfied with their job or their career path. So less than half say they're satisfied with their career path that they've chosen. 74% of employees in North America believe that culture is one of the biggest contributors to being satisfied in the workplace. 57% of employees that work from home are satisfied with their job. I thought that would be more get to work from home. Tried it. It doesn't work out so good. (laughs) Honey, what you do is next level. I will never say I'll replace my job for what my wife does. (laughs) Those five kids. And I don't know. You got to look into this one, but 81% of employees that are in the legal industry find their job boring and dissatisfying. I don't know. So why does, why does job satisfaction even matter? Just do your job. Just do your job. Job satisfaction affects the employees, affects the workers, which in turn affects the bigger picture. It affects the company. When employees are satisfied with their careers, they, they are most likely aligned with the mission and the vision of that company. Ooh, talking to someone, I know there is a lot of kingdom builders in the house of the Lord here. Come on. Come on. And we're all working. They're not just aligned to the mission and vision. They find that these employees are more loyal. They are more likely to spread a good report about the company or business that they work for as opposed to those that aren't satisfied. And in the study, they found something really interesting, and that is that there's a lower turnover of employees that are satisfied with their jobs. And we know that a lower turnover helps the HR department because it saves them money. There's less training, right? And they have a long-term effect as opposed to trying to keep people satisfied all the time. Satisfied employees we know are more productive. And if they truly believe in what they are doing, They want that job done. And they don't just want it done, they want it done well. Because it reflects excellence. Who are we doing it for? Well done, my good and faithful. That's what, Kayla, that's where we want to end up, right? When we face Jesus face to face, that's what I said to the men this morning. We all want to hear that, well done. Well done. It's not how you started. It's how you finished. Come on. Well, we know these actions uh, 
and that kind of culture and motivation and increases profit and all that, yada, yada, yada. But as we can see, job satisfaction is crucial to our success. It's also essential to the well-being of people, your employees, but also the people that you serve. Job satisfaction changes your mindset. It gives you a healthy mindset. Several surveys done found that the following jobs to be the most satisfying, I'm going to throw them on the screen if our media team has them. I'm not going to go through all of them. And you might be surprised. Nope, they're not up there. There they are. Okay, wow. So look at all of them. If you're up there, give the Lord some praise. All those surgeons. Thank you, surgeons. Firefighters, thank you. Dentists! I didn't think that they would be satisfied. I'm not going to go through all of them. But there's clues here. There's clues that they found, according to the study, to why people are satisfied with their job. One of the clues is there's something new every day. You're not doing the same old day in, day out. There's something new every day. Another factor contributes to it is the level of stress. Mind you, I, I would like to say I don't deal with any stress as a pastor, but that's, that's not true. <laughs> but I go to my therapist, so it's really good. Jesus. If you're not, you know what, if, if, and, and what else they found in the study is that if you're not working the same long, drawn-out hours every day, and you have some flexibility, you're going to have less stress. This also includes the positive culture, which we talked about, and also they found an opportunity for advancement. I think that's important. No, I know that's important, because without vision, we perish. And, it, and you want to know wherever you're currently at is how can I advance? You want to know in your walk with God, how can I advance? How can I grow in my spiritual walk with Him? Because when you advance, others around you advance. But when you don't know, guess what? You feel stuck. And it's our job to lead with vision. The overall theme that they found in taking this survey is that employees that are most satisfied is because these employees are helping people, that it's helping people that makes us happier. With that in mind, here are some of the least satisfying jobs. Again, according to the survey, it could be just a matter of mindset. Come on, this isn't you. But God bless all the fast food cooks out there. <laughs> I don't go there anymore. God bless the waiters, Vince. God bless the waiters that get to put up with us. So why are so many people not satisfied? Well, here are some of the reasons. One, the main reason is people don't feel satisfied is they can't live comfortably off their salary. And if you read the study, this has a lot to do later with the matter of perspective and also management and you managing your own monies. Because sometimes we know it doesn't matter how much money you make, it'll never be enough. Number two, many of these uh, jobs don't have benefits, such as insurance and work bonuses. And this is where people feel that they can get stuck and they don't feel like they have the support. Do you, you see how this stuff works within the family of God and the kingdom of God and in the workplace? Okay, just, just checking. We talked about a lack of flexibility. There's a high employee turnover. So if 60% of employees feel that they're 
satisfaction in the workplace has a lot to do with the people they surround themselves with, their co-workers, and 74% of them believe it's the culture. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the contributing culture of the church, you guys, in the workplace, and how that can and will affect our career and calling. So the story of Matthew 20, I'm not, usually I read through the whole story, but that's your homework to do. The story, the story, Jesus is referencing the kingdom of heaven. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he talks about a landowner that sends out workers for the harvest. He needs workers to come in. Then he goes around throughout the day at different times of the day, and he finds people doing nothing until the point at the very end of the day, he still finds workers, sends them in. They all do the job, and get this, at the end, they all get paid the same. But that's not fair, Pastor. Just like in our relationship with God, and we celebrate people coming in their walk with God. Some of you have been on this journey for a long time. Some of you, this is your first time, even in church. When people start a journey, relationship with God, and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, we celebrate them. And we'll talk more about that. So it's found in Matthew 20. If you've got your Bibles with you, you can pull them out at this time. Even if you're, if you're going new school on me and you got the app, the version app, that's cool too. My notes are on there as well. Hey, show me if you got the app. Somebody's got the app. Awesome. Look at that. Look at, them. Look at all the apps. Go to version, and on version, click on events. The first event that's going to pop up is College Street Victory Church. My notes are all on there. Please take them. Go deeper throughout the week. Make them your own. Make them better. And I'm going to need your help preaching with me today. And that goes with the people online as well. Yeah, you can say amen. You can give me a thumbs up. You can say, yeah, dude, I don't care what you say. Just let's just do this together. Is that all right? Okay. So I want to go to verse 6. Verse 6. It says, about 5 in the afternoon he went out... And he still found those that were standing around. And he asked them, Why have you been standing around all day doing nothing? No one's ever been caught doing nothing. Sometimes it looks like you're doing nothing. Maybe you're thinking. Doing nothing. The the first point that I want to talk about, if we're going to talk about culture, I want to talk about a culture of contributing Versus complacency. Hmm. Say contributing. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. A culture of contributing versus complacency. Complacency is that feeling of being smug and uncritically satisfied with oneself and one's achievements. And like the workers that day, they weren't making the effort to seek were they? They weren't making the effort to seek out work that day. And when we don't seek, we get stuck. It's a biblical principle. If you don't seek, you get stuck. How many times are we waiting on God and God is waiting on us? Like we're literally just waiting for him to show up and he wants us to seek him. Matthew 7, 7 says, keep on asking and you will receive. Come on. 
you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking, are you with me? And the door will be open to you. Keep on. Keep on seeking. You do less sleeping and more seeking, you with me? Come on, keep on seeking. How do you seek the Lord? You get in his word. You're too busy worrying about what God's working on, and if only you just got in the word of God, it would set you free. You just open it up. Holy Spirit, I seek you. Heavenly Father, I seek you. I need your word. I need your understanding today. I need to walk different than I did yesterday. I thank you that it says that your mercies are made new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, that today's the day you have made, and I will rejoice and be glad. Thank God it's not the day that I made. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. (laughs) You see, we all have gifts. We all have abilities. We all have talents, passions, dreams, desires, things inside your heart that God is just waiting to draw out, but you need to seek him first. You need to seek his kingdom and then all things will be added unto you. And that building his kingdom, it starts in your home and it starts in the workplace. It's, I'm sorry, but it ain't here on Sunday. It's when you go out. Oh, this is part of it, sorry. But the real, the real hard work is out. This is easy. This is easy. It's like Pastor Rudy said this morning, we were sharing wins and I'll say hi to everybody at Ruth and Ruth and Naomi's. But every time we go out and we step out of our comfort, that's when you're going to find your calling. That's when you're going to have to trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. Proverbs three five to six. That's my girl there, front row. You're doing a good job preaching today. And, and let's let's be honest with ourselves. We can get caught up and focused on building our own kingdoms, can't we? But it's thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And guess what? God has bigger plans and purposes for you than than you could have for yourself. Ephesians says he's able to do above and beyond all that you could hope, imagine, or dream of according to the power within So if you think God is limiting you, you got another thing coming. You got to lay it all down before him. For his plans and purposes are what? Not to harm you, to give you a hope and give you a future. Help me out. Jeremiah 29, 11. Woo, somebody needs to come closer to the front. I'm saying, you're getting a lot of wisdom up here. Right there. Sometimes for us, it's just a little bit of a reset. And, and just so you know, this message is, and the messages I give are never to condemn. And only the Holy Spirit can convict, convict you. But the message I'm bringing you today is a message of hope. I get to work with a lot of young people. I get to coach a lot of young people. I'm actually going to be flying out to Calgary next week and speaking to a young adults conference at Victory. A whole bunch of young people. Yeah! And man, I'm just, I'm just getting stuff today that I wish I knew then. I'm like, man, if you, if you, oh man, if I knew what I knew today, but you know what? It doesn't have to stop with you. You can be a river, not a reservoir. You could share that with somebody else. You could share that, but I mean, you got kids, you don't have kids. You see somebody younger, 
pass on what you have. Whether or not they receive it's up to them. But don't stop sowing. Don't stop sowing. Don't stop sowing. In the workplace, some people want to hear it, some people don't. But maybe they deny you at first, but then they go home and they think about that thing you said for a while. And if it's the truth, it's the word of God and it's delivered in love. Come on. If it's delivered in love, it will liberate them. It'll set them free. It encourages them, builds them up, edifies them as the body of Christ. Amen, Tracy. Thanks for that. Amen. Okay, let's go to uh, verses 9 to 11. It says, the workers who were hired about 5 in the afternoon, they came and they received a denarius. So when those who came were first hired, they expected to receive more. Why? Because the other guys got more. But remember, if you read the whole context, they agreed, everyone agreed to work for the same amount. But each of them also received a denarius. So when they received it, they began to crumble, or crumble, <laughs> grumble and crumble against the landowner. That's what grumbling does, doesn't it? It definitely doesn't lift you up where you're going to do more and become more. It brings you down. So you crumble. <laughs> I just threw that in there because I said the wrong thing. Second point. A culture of acceptance versus an unhealthy culture of expectations. Acceptance, it's, it's, it's what we consent to receiving or undertaking something that is offered, but, you, but you, could, you agreed on that. You consented to that. Everyone agreed to work for that amount. When they first started working for that amount, they were satisfied. It wasn't until they started to see the others getting paid the same amount for less work. <laughs> My kids once uh, asked me, Dad, $50,000, is that a lot of money like to make in a year? I said, it is until you make it. Come on, I'm speaking the truth today, right? What was happening there was we have this saying between expectation and reality can lie disappointment. Happens all the time in relationships, never in ours though, honey. Mm -mm -mm. You exceed all my expectations above and beyond. But it does happen in relationships sometimes. There's something that was expected in the workplace. There's something that was expected. And there's the reality of what happened. And there lies the disappointment. You with me? That's a gold nugget to walk away with even just today. Your expectations. What you expect of yourself. Not just what you expect of others. But when did the expectation change? Only at the end. Only when they started to see others being blessed. This happens often in the workplace. Come on, we've all been guilty. This happens in the church. We see other, I don't have to explain the one in the workplace because you know what's happened. You've been overlooked sometimes in somebody else's 
gotten blessed or you know you have the experience in the years and some young punk comes in and maybe you have to actually work underneath that young punk and you're hey you got wisdom it's not that you don't have wisdom or experience or something to offer but that guy's in a position over you ah, praise God everyone's happy about that right everyone does really well with that okay good we can get over that one then But God God's, wants to show us something here. He wants to show us something and how these, these things and the kingdom of God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we think, oh, that's the, that's the Sunday message. That's the heaven message. This isn't the earthly job working message. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. God blesses the cheerful giver. That doesn't just work on Sunday. Yeah, it is. Those that refresh others will themselves be refreshed. That's not just Sunday. Somebody say, yeah, it is. No, no, it isn't. <laughs> I got you, Simon says. <laughs> oh, Lord. Joy of the Lord is my strength. It's a scary place to be when we get caught, especially in the comparison trap. Well, Lord, I've been coming to church all days of my life. I've been praying every day. I've been in the word every day. How come this young punk is getting blessed and I'm not? Or sister. Guy, girl. This happens all the time. It happens in the workplace all the time. But I want you to see the Lord's heart and how we are to celebrate those we got to celebrate those. In the church, you know, it might look like somebody comes in and you watch them one year, two years, they're there. And man, they did like, are serving in a position of, of leadership. And you've been there for 20 years. I just threw 20, I don't know why. Maybe somebody's been doing it for 20 years and the Lord wants to speak to you today. And then we get to serve underneath them. We get to, by the way. We get to. And those of us that have been around for a while, we know it's not always what it looks like, right? Because with great reward comes what? Great responsibility. Great responsibility. You want your promotion, guess what? It's also going to come with more problems. You wanted that promotion, but you didn't want the problems. You can't have one without the other. That's what leaders do. We're in the problem-solving business. Right? Otherwise, everybody would want the promotion. But they do. They want the promotion, but they don't want the problem. But you hear God today? He's speaking to you today. It's your opportunity. It's, it's what can you add to solving the situation? What can you add when it comes to the Jesus style of servant leadership? Because we're all servant leaders. That doesn't stop. We're all students as well. That doesn't stop. In Matthew 20, 26, just before this, Jesus is talking about the rulers of this world and how they lord over people, but he says, it's going to be different among you. Not so, he says with you. Not so. Instead, whoever wants to become a great leader must be your servant. In this church, we do our best to model servant leadership. 
The Lord has pressed upon my heart from day when we came here. I'm like, man, we can do a better job of honoring everyone. Like honor, just all around, honor. The church can do a better job of honoring, but I'm really proud of how you guys honor one another in this house, just so you know. We can always be better. And there's times that we think with the promotion that, you know, and if we get the wrong culture in our heart, we can become corrupt. If I just make more money, that will make me happier. It might help, but it won't make you happy. For the love of money is the root of all evil. For you cannot serve two masters, for you end up loving one or be devoted to one and hating the other. Money's not evil, just making that clear. But it's the love of it if you start putting it first, if you chase you to build your own kingdom as opposed to huh, God's kingdom. You know what money will do? <laughs> you get more of it, it'll just highlight the problems. <laughs> right? It's just Vince laughing. Yeah. Like Luke 16, 10 says, if you are faithful with the little things, you'll be faithful with large ones. And keep reading, please. It says, but if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with great responsibilities. If you haven't highlighted that in your Bible, open it up, Luke 16, 10, or on your notes on your U version. I'm giving you a lot of stuff that isn't in my notes. Proverbs 13, 11, wealth gained hastily, it dwindles. But whoever gathers, check this out. This is the clue. Don't, don't, don't tune me out. Tune me in. Tune God in. Whoever gathers little by little increases. Whoever gathers little by little will increase It's little by little. It's day by day. It's the little things that are the big things. It's just, it's no different than when you sow. When you come back to reap, trust me, you're going to need a lot of people to help you with the harvest. I hope so. Because why are you doing it if you're just doing it by yourself? But Solomon said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? Richest man and wisest man that ever lived. Had it all. But what did he say? Without God, in the Greek, it's haval. We translate it to meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. But in the Greek, haval means it's like vapor or smoke. It's trying to grasp vapor or smoke. Haval. It's meaningless. Without God. With God, it gives it meaning. It gives you meaning to wake up. It gives you meaning to your work. If you know his word says... Don't do it as if you're just doing it for men. Do it for God. Do everything as if you are doing it unto the Lord. And last time I looked in the Greek, everything means everything. I'm telling you, guys, if you're getting it, a healthy culture is worth more than a hefty currency. Have you, have you never met somebody that's like has a lot of money, but they have a poverty mentality? It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. And Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because everything flows from it. The heart is the culture of this church. It is the culture of every organization. 
But if you don't know what you value, what are you guarding? And if you're just going to go with the feelings that you have in your heart, oh Lord, look out. Scripture says the heart is also deceitful and wicked. That's why you need Jesus in your heart. Feelings are great when they're working for you and not against you. And that only happens when you have faith. Verses 13 to 16. I'm really making the camera people work today. Like I need exercise. It's like this baseball tee. I told um, you, sir. I told Rolly. I said, are you ready? I'm going to. I feel like I'm a pitcher. I'm going to pitch it out and you catch it for me, bro. I'm going to pitch it out and you catch it for me. I hope you're catching what God is sending. It says, verses 13 to 16, but he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Hmm? Don't just read over that. I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? This is the owner. Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first. And the first will be last. And that's something to celebrate. A culture of generosity versus jealousy. That's the final point. A culture of generosity versus jealousy. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Okay, I saved the best for last. The definition of satisfaction in Christianity is the atonement for our sins. Christ's atonement for our sins. That's the definition. Look it up. Christ's atonement for our sins. Are you satisfied? Come on. Christ's atonement for our sins. To atone is to suffer the penalty of sins. Therefore, removing the effects of sin from the repenter. Allowing he or she to reconcile with God. That is beautiful. Atonement. Jesus Christ was the only one who could carry this out the atonement for all mankind. He who was without sin took upon our sin. He nailed it to the cross. He said, it is finished. He overcame sin and death. So how, if he did it, how do we do it? How do we re remain satisfied in that atonement, that bloodshed, that covenant? This verse keeps coming up. In Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and is now seated at the place of honor 
beside our Heavenly Father at His right throne. There's something cool here, okay? Please, please go deeper in the Word. Read Matthew 20. There's so much more. But there's something really cool because James and John's mom at one point after Jesus is saying how he's going to be crucified, how the Son of Man has to be crucified, okay, and all these things are going to happen, but he's going to, he's going to, be, he's going to be resurrected three days later, and then, and then, my wife said, "Your mom would do the same thing." The mother of James and John goes to Jesus and says, "Hey, can you reserve a place for my sons, one on your right and one on your left?" Char's like, your mom would do the same thing. <laughs> Problem is, there's three of us, so I said Gideon's going to have to be at his feet, but <laughs> hey, I want to be at his feet too. <laughs> Just say it. My point is, Jesus gets to the point, and he says, one, he says, you don't know what you're asking for, and that's not up for me to decide. That's up for my Heavenly Father. But are you willing, are you willing to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Are you willing when people talk down about you, criticize you, judge you, even your faith, your belief, who God created you to be, are you willing to still love them, forgive them, and be satisfied knowing that Christ sets you free and wants to set them free? Would you stand with me? The takeaway I have is this. You probably saw it coming. Satisfaction in the workplace is not about what I can get, but about what I can give. In giving, you shall receive. We love because he first loved us. It feels so good to celebrate other people. It feels so good to not get what we deserve. Or if the wages of sin is death, I know what I deserve. It feels so good to be loved unconditionally. And it feels so good to share that love with others. And I want to do that with you. If you're here right now, this is my favorite part, the good news. That Jesus came, he died a sinful death for you, for me, for all the messed up things we'd ever do. That sin that separates us from God. He laid it all down. And I'm going to share something with you that I shared with our leadership. The Lord pressed upon my heart about a week ago that there's some of us that are still dealing with anger. And the Lord gave me a vision. And that is sometimes, like Pastor Charmaine said a couple of weeks ago, we don't realize that if we keep those things in our heart, they're hurtful and they're harmful. Not to the other person maybe that hurt us, but to us and everybody else around us. And if you look up in Ephesians 4, in verse 26, it says, do not let the sun go down 
while you are still angry. There's something profound in that. It's a commandment. To not let the sun go down while you are still angry. It means the day of your hurt needs to be the day of your healing. And some of you have bought into the lie that the enemies told you, well, you can deal with it later. No, I'm telling you, you got to deal with it now before the sun goes down. And it might be that you need to either ask for forgiveness, you need to let go and let God forgive that other person, but don't take the anger with you. The day of your hurt is the day of your healing. And the vision I got, I thought of Sean, he usually comes in the evening. Not Sean, Jason, sorry. Jason Sebastian, my favorite pilot. Took Charmaine, Pastor Charmaine and, up for, and I up for a flight not too long ago. This teeny little airplane. Char loved it. I loved it more. <laughs> but before he took us up, he actually called me and, he's, and he says, Kay, I need to know how much you guys weigh. I said, well, that's a personal question. I feel like I'm like a 185 right now. No, no, I need to know how much you weigh. And I need to know how much your wife weighs. Oh, wow. Now we're talking. But he, it's not just because he wants to know our personal life and this and that. It's because he actually has to balance out the plane for it to be able to take off. Some of you are carrying weight. And I could have lied to him. Could have. Some of us are carrying a lot more weight than it looks like. Maybe you're carrying a lot. Maybe you look good on the outside, look pretty light on the outside, but you are heavy in your heart with things that are hurting you and unforgiveness or anger. But if I told him and said, you know what, I weigh this much and I, and I actually weighed a lot more, my being able to elevate, get closer to him, <laughs> actually I get closer to him by doing this, <laughs> but my, my ability to take off and everybody else's ability in that plane would have been affected because of the weight I'm carrying. Are you with me? God says it ends today. You lay it down today. And it starts with giving it to him. So I want to I do that. If there's anything, like David says, search my heart, oh Lord. You know, I don't have to say it, you know. But I want you to give that to God. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer and we're going to do it all together. But I also want to, most importantly, is to lay those things before him. Anger in our heart, to surrender to him. It can be deceitfulness, it could be jealousy, it could be, it could be a lot of things. But we got to have the light in. We got to have the light. We got to have Jesus in the, our heart. So even you that have Jesus in your heart, you're going to have days when you get angry. It's what you do with that anger. Okay, you're with me? And we're going to lay it before, but if you've never received Jesus into your heart, or maybe this is a comeback moment, we're going to invite him in right now because Paul says in Romans 10, 9, we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We believe that God the Father raised his son from the grave. We'll be saved. Believe it, confess it. Let's do that. Is that cool? Let's pray together. Just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I know what it's like to be disappointed.
to disappoint others, to let things in that aren't of you, to sin, to mess up, and make mistakes. I'm asking you right now, search my heart. And I'm thanking you right now for taking away that hurt. I lay down everything that's not of you. I receive you, Jesus. Come into my heart. Be Lord over my life. I believe that you died for me and rose from the grave. Amen. Just stay in the moment. Keep your eyes closed if you don't mind. Feel comfortable. It's one of those messages sometimes that can hit you a lot harder than you think. <laughs> but again, for you, for you, if this message spoke to you and was relevant to you, either for what you've been through or, go, or going through, probably will go through, if the word of God, not the word of Pastor Matt, if the word of God today in the scripture spoke with relevance to you, would you give me a thumbs up in the room? Awesome. That's evidence of God speaking to you today. The second is this. All heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer, which we just prayed for the first time, inviting Jesus into your heart, would you just give me a thumbs up? Pastor, that was me. <laughs> awesome. Right on. Thank you. Thank you. And just as important, you're having your comeback moment today and you came back to him you realize there's things in there that you've been maybe building your own kingdom but you're ready for his kingdom to come and you're ready for his will to be done even in the workplace and you decided to invite him back into your life would you give me a thumbs up in the room so that's you wow thank you thank you thank you thank you a moment I'm going to have uh, you remain standing you know God's been doing a lot of these out of the box things if you've been coming for the last couple of weeks we've had a lot of out of the box healings and testimonies and stories and conversations and people praying for people and going out and and he keeps telling me, you know, you can't put me in a box. <laughs> and so I, I know that I can feel the presence of the Lord. I can feel weight lifted. It actually feels lighter in the room. I don't know if it's just me or if you feel lighter. Anyone feel lighter? But I know, too, there's some of us that are still in the process of receiving our healing. Ha, right? Yeah, I didn't even, yeah. yeah. And if that's you or, or you've been praying for somebody, 
that you know needs healing. Can you just put your hand up? I'm not gonna call you up, friend, or call you out. I just, this is, this is us putting our hand up to him. So again, if you're standing next to somebody that you came with, would you just put your hand on them if you're not already holding their hand? Put your arm on them. We're just gonna pray. Because this is what happened last week. We saw all this cool healing happen. And, and our, our Bible, my Bible, your Bible, tells us that we are to lay hands on those. Lay hands on the sick. And watch them be healed and recover. It also says to us that whatever we agree for, agree upon together, when two or more are gathered together in agreement, it shall be done according to his will. And the whole message has been, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in heaven, there's no sickness, there's no disease. At the end of Matthew uh, 20, there's two blind men. Jesus laid hand on them. They cried out for mercy for the Lord twice. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do? Give us sight. And Jesus put his hands on them. They were given sight and immediately they followed him. I've seen so many miracles happen with people that don't even believe in God. But the same God and his principle and his word moves and it's about to move on you right now and those you're praying for. So let's just pray for them right now. Father God, thank you. Thank you for all we've witnessed and seen. Thank you, Lord, that your word says that signs and wonders will follow those that believe. Thank you, Lord. The message of the cross, it says that by your stripes we have been healed. Every time they whipped you, you took on that disease. You took on that sickness. You took on that brokenness. You took on depression. You took on anxiety. You took on fear. So that you could be in here. Lord Jesus, would you just touch them now? Move from the top of their head to the tip of their toes as we sing, Lord. May they continue to receive that healing would fall upon this place. Lord, those that receive that healing today, may they continue to pray for others so that they can receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as part of our worship, we're gonna continue to sing. We're gonna lift this lid. We fill this. There's a tank in here that we fill out of faith. And our relationship with God, I shared with the man, I said, coming to know God is actually the easiest thing. People think evangelism is so hard that, you know, the getting saved part and coming to know Jesus, woo that's easy. That's easy. It's the discipleship part. It's living it out. It's living that faith out every day. And the first step in discipleship is getting in the water. That's the first step. So if you haven't yet made that step, we'd invite you to do so. We don't make it difficult here at College Street. This is what it means. One, we were commissioned to do it, to go into all the world making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're going to do. And teaching you guys to obey His commands, and surely He is with you to the end of age. And that's what we do throughout the whole week. But we got to step in. Because it says when we go, in Romans it says when we go in the water, we are baptized with Christ. We leave it all in there. And when we come up out of the water, it says that we are resurrected with Christ. First step is to step in. We got clothes, we got towels, we got all that. Even if you have more questions, whatever. But don't wait, like it says in Acts, what are you waiting for? I think of those guys 
that were out there not working, doing nothing. And some of you, I'm not saying nobody's doing nothing. You're all doing a lot. But maybe you're running around doing a whole lot of even good things, but not the God things that he's called you to. And because you haven't taken the first step, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Step in into the water. Are you with me? Are you with me? Let's worship our Lord. My wife and I will be down there. And if that's you, just come on forward. Thank you for tuning in today. And thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.